Hi, good evening, everyone. It's really a joy to be able to be here and also to, you know, be back home in that sense, uh, to catch up with so many uh, familiar faces. I hope to be able to connect with you in the time that we, we have. I want to thank your pastors for their kind invitation uh, in uh, inviting me to share God's Word with you this evening. Uh, so I have uh, chosen to share on something that I hope will fit well with your year's theme that you are going on and embarking on this year. And I want to invite you to open your Bibles, whether it's your paper Bibles or your handphone Bibles. Turn with me to uh, Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. And I want to invite you to keep your fingers there because uh, through our time, we're going to reference uh, certain passages, uh, certain verses from that passage there. So Mark chapter 3, and I just want to perhaps uh, read out that passage first uh, that we'll be covering today uh, from verses uh, 13 through to 19. Okay, So Mark chapter 3, uh, verses 13 uh, through to 19, and I want to read to us from verse 13 first. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those that he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, designating them apostles, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. And these are the twelve he appointed, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, his brother John, to them he gave the name Boanerges, which means sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. You know, sometime back, uh, the NASA Venus space probe carried uh, on its back an $18 million Atlas rocket. And suddenly, when this rocket was launched at the peak of its orbit, the rocket suddenly went a hard left and nosedive into the ocean. This $18 million rocket uh, entirely crashed into the sea and was destroyed. Of course, a massive investigation ensued and the investigators later found out that it was all because of a hyphen that was missing in its computer code. Without that hyphen, the computer was instructed, turn hard left and nose dive down. And the rocket simply obeyed. That rocket was destroyed because of a missing hyphen. You know, sometimes God reveals something so pivotal to us like that hyphen that will make that difference for years to come, whether we will soar up you know, spiritually or we will crash spiritually. I remember as pastors mentioned, uh, when I first became a pastor in 1997, I was actually uh, here in Amokyo Methodist Church. And in those first two years as a young pastor, you know, as an MOT, I was then taking time to fast and pray and seek the Lord. Each month, you know, I would try to fast for seven days. Each week, I would try to pray and seek the Lord for two or three days. And I consistently took this time to, to pray and seek the Lord in those uh, uh, younger years. And during that first year of praying and fasting, I received a vision. A vision that one day I would go around building and strengthening churches all over. Now fast forward 10 years later, in about 2006, God began to call me into a ministry to churches, which I shaped into a consultancy uh, uh, in order to help. And God began to open doors, you know, to uh, work with churches, not only in Singapore, but in India, Laos, Thailand, Philippines, and Cambodia. And to this day, I'm still doing different kinds of consultancies, uh, work to help build churches in uh, some of these lands. And when I look back, I realized that that revelation, that calling in the time of prayer was key in my life. Even as a young pastor seeking the Lord, something was definitely 
put into my life that even for decades after that, it guided my life and its trajectory. And I, I, I believe that God wants to speak to us in ways that can define our walk with Him, sometimes even for years and years to come. And it's not only just about church ministry, I share my story about ministry, but it can be also about decisions we make in our families, in our relationships, in our finances, it can be even in our work that God wants to put something into our lives. And maybe in this new year, I don't know what you may be facing. Some of us may be uh, being transferred to another department or to another job and things are changing and we find it's a different ball game. It's a big transition and God wants to put something in our lives that will guide us for years to come. Perhaps we're facing a crossroad, uh, whether we are being retrenched, we are kept on staff, or we are, we are forced to go on no pay leave or even change job. And these are crossroads that God often wants to put that missing hyphen into our lives. It may even be in your family. You know, your child is uh, 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 all the time at home and now first time going to school. And it's going to be a big change, right? If, if your child, your first child especially goes to school or your child is now becoming a teenager. How many of you know that your life changes when your children became teenagers, right? Yeah. And, in, and you know, as you go through that, uh, we make different decisions because it is a transition of sort. And your choices will spell the destiny one way or another that God wants to impart into our lives. In fact, in such times of such transitions, God may want to show us something so critical. It could make a difference for years and years to come. And that key thing, ignored or attended to, will chart us onto God's plans, with His plans in us or without His plans in our lives. This passage we read today describes one of those moments in the lives of 12 men. It was a defining moment. It was a God-revealing moment. What was going to happen would determine their destiny of their lives for years and years to come. <clears throat> the Bible tells us that Jesus goes on to the mountainside. He steps away intentionally from all his ministry and business, to the, the hustle and bustle of life, to a place of quietness to seek the Lord. And to receive a revelation and insight. And out of that, that insight, Jesus gives a call. A call that is key and pivotal, something that would change the lives of 12 men, and these men change the world. Friends, I, I believe God wants to use us to change the world that we are in. Do you want your loved ones to have God's blessing in the new year? Amen? Yeah, do you want to see unsaved loved ones come to the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes? Do you want to see your family members come to know God better? And I think that in all these things, you know, uh, we need, if we want to see God's will happen, we need the call of Jesus Christ in our lives. Jesus has a call for all of us, I believe that. It's just a matter of what kind of call it is. But we all need a sense of God's calling so that we can be God's blessing. Help me do something. Turn to someone next to you and say to them, you need the call of Jesus in your life. Would you do that? You know, sometimes uh, you're not unfamiliar with this scene, right? You have a meeting and then suddenly you receive a, a, a flashing phone call on your, uh, on your phone and you see the number and say, well, it's really important. And you kind of tell everyone, I'm so sorry, you know, this is an important call. I must take this call. And you kind of excuse yourself apologetically. You go out and take this call. Friends, when God calls you, you must take this call. It's a call that you must answer. You know, and out of his love for you, God has put the calling of 12 men in scripture 
for all of us to see for all eternity. It's not there so that we can say, oh, God called them, you know, God didn't call me. When God puts things in, in Scripture for us, you know, uh, it's so that we can understand what it's like when God calls someone. What are the challenges and things that go through their hearts when God puts their hand on them so that God can call us too. I pray that God will give you this insight for you as you step into 2024 and as we even begin to get closer to Chinese New Year for those of us who are, who are Chinese and, 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 and heralds that New Year, the year of the dragon, that, that we will really open our hearts to the Lord and let God speak any missing hyphens that He wants to put in our lives, in the area He desires, so that we can truly soar in the purposes of God. Let me pause here for a word of prayer. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to really do this. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. I know that you have brought us here uh, today to worship you. It's such a privilege and it's not by chance that we are here. I pray that you open your heart to us. You open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to you, to your word. Make your word come alive. I pray that you will bless us and speak to us. Truly let there be an open heaven that you pour forth your blessing on us. I pray that we will just be in such a posture that we will receive from you. We will catch everything that you want to give. We will not miss it, Lord. Lord, we need you so much. Give us a humble heart. Give us an open heart that we can receive this from you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share this evening three traits of God's calling in our lives that I believe God wants to give to all of us. Firstly, uh, the call of God is when God calls us, it's a call to fellowship regularly with God. It's a call to fellowship regularly with God in His presence. The Bible tells us in verse 13, if you look with me there, just keep your finger in that passage. Verse 13, it says this, Jesus called to Him those He wanted. The words Jesus called to him in the biblical Greek and the New Testament, you know, it was written in the Greek language originally. This kind of word call describes a legal summons. It's a call of a divine invitation. You know, if you go back home tonight and tomorrow morning, you wake up and you open your letterbox and you see that there is a letter there that, that, that says you are summoned to court. Wow. You know uh, that that is a, a, a serious letter. It's not to be trifled with, right? Or if you received a, another, another letter that says the Prime Minister's office, you know, invites you uh, to this consultation or this event. You know, it's a big thing. It's such a, a honor, a privilege to be able to be invited by the Prime Minister himself. Would you turn down a, 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 an invitation uh, by the Prime Minister? Would you say you're too busy that your schedule was full? The great God himself invites you to spend time with him, to come into his presence. He calls to you. And here in this verse, Jesus says, he calls his disciples because he wanted them. Friends, Jesus calls you because he wants you. He wishes for you. He takes pleasure in you. The English Standard Version of the Bible puts it this way. Jesus called to him those he desired. Friends, Jesus desires you. And that is why, you know, the Bible tells us that when God summons us, He feels towards us. I'm going to put Solomon uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 4 on screen for us. And, and you see this, what it says here. He brings me to the banquet hall. His banner over me is love. That's how God longs for you. That's how God feels towards you. That's why He calls you. God truly desires you and me. You know, I remember when I was a student studying in ACJC, that was where I was in junior college at the time. And at the time, I was brought up in a, quite a traditional church. 
I only knew God cognitively, you know, uh, things I read about him in the Bible and study about him in the Bible. But one day after lecture, the alarm bell, had, the, the class uh, school bell had rung. It was a huge lecture hall. All the students filed out for their recess time, you know. Students don't miss recess time usually. Yeah? And I was left alone in the lecture hall. And I felt, you know, that I had to just stay back for a moment. And uh, I, I, I suddenly felt to ask God, God, help me to worship you. Help me to love you. God, help me to feel your love. And suddenly then, then in the lecture hall, I felt God's presence so strongly. I felt His love just overwhelm and wash over me. I just felt God speak to me as it were. He, he said, Philip, you are my son. I love you so much. And I felt so touched by the Lord. I, I, I raised my hands. I cried. You know, I sang to God. Okay, it was an empty lecture theater. Lah. Okay, all right. And I was just crying out and singing to the Lord. And I cried out to God. And I realized that day, there is one who is the lover of your heart, the one who is the lover of your soul. And he calls out to you, come to me, I desire you. Do you know that God called you not just to save you? He did not call you just into a relationship. He calls you deeply because he desires you. He longs for you. That's the, the root purpose that leads to relationship and salvation. Have you been responding to God's invitation to spend time with Him? Are you often saying, I'm too tired, you know, I'll, I'll try again another day to spend time with God. In the last year and months, have you been saying, I've not spent as much time with God as I would really like to. If these are the things that, that you know, you, you would say, what has come between you and God? Is it your job? Is it your worries, your drivenness, your distractions? Coming into intimate time with God is a fundamental and eternal part of your call. The most important gift that you could give to your ministry or to your cell group members or to your spouse or to your children, the most important gift that you can give to them is a person who walks closely with God, who is in God's presence, who can, uh, is filled with God and a person who feels God's heart for the people around. That is the most precious gift we could give to those that are around us. And that only comes through fellowshipping with God regularly. Everyone say after me, regularly. One more time, regularly. Regularly fellowshipping with God. There is a song whose lyrics go like this. Come away, come away, come and spend some time with me, come away. And the chorus of the words of the song go like this. Let your heart and mind be stilled. Let your empty cup be filled. Can't you hear the Spirit calling? Come away. Do you need your cup filled today? Your heart and mind stilled in the coming season of many things that may be happening. Will you respond to God's call to fellowship with Him regularly? Would you make it one of your priorities to be able to hear God's voice for your work, your family, and your life? Is this the hyphen that would make that difference in your life as we move into the new year? A second aspect of a call of God for each of us is a call to be forged in mind and character. <clears throat> a call to be forged in mind and character. Look at me in Mark chapter 3, verse 14. Chapter 3, verse 14 in the Bible says this, Then Jesus appointed twelve that they might be with Him. 
You know, in the days of Jesus, when a disciple maker calls a disciple to be with him, it meant that the disciple would take time out to follow. He would quit his job. He would leave his family to be with him. They would spend 24-7 together with the disciple maker to live with him, eat with him, work with him. And the purpose was not just to hang out. The purpose was so that they would understand how the disciple maker lived life. How the disciple maker dealt with life issues. The disciples, by living with him, would be forged, they would be shaped, their perspectives would be changed, how they see a, a life, how they see God, how they see themselves. Their perspectives, their characters and understanding would be forged by seeing how the disciple maker lived his or her life. And time and time again, these 12 men spend time to be with Jesus and their, dis- their perspectives were always changed. Philip the Apostle once thought, even if there were eight months' wages, it would still be not enough to buy food for all these people. But Jesus showed him that five loaves, two fishes, was enough to feed 5,000, despite the lack of resources. God always provides and feeds those who are hungry for Him. Is that the mindset God wants to shape in some of you today? That you keep saying, God, don't ask me to do this. I just don't have the resources. I don't have enough. It's not going to work. But God wants to speak into your situation. He wants to say, child, I always provide for those who need me. Can I use you? God wants to shape the way you think about him as your provider. Peter the Apostle once thought, I am closest to God when I am most loyal and I never fail. I'm closest when I can walk on water to Christ. He often said, Jesus, if it is you, you call me to speak, to walk out to you. Even if others let you down, I will not let you down. In his mind, he always thought, I must be the best. I must succeed. If I cannot perform with success, I don't even want to try. That was what Peter believed in. But later, just before Peter denies Christ, Jesus says to Peter, though you deny me three times, when you rise again, strengthen your brothers. And Jesus began to show him that God accepts us even when we are weak. He accepts us and uses us when we dare to face our weakness and understand our weakness. And I wonder if some of us today are saying, I'm just not good enough. I failed you, God. I keep letting you down. I, I let you down because of this temper I have. I let you down because of the addiction I have. I let you down because of this weakness I have. I can't walk according to what is good and right. But God says to you, I will strengthen you. I will raise you up. When you do, don't forget your weakness. Face up to it. Live with it. But despite your weakness, focus on this. Rise up in Christ. Strengthen your brothers and sisters. And friends, I want to say to us, some of us have great weaknesses and struggles. And God may be saying to us, you know, some weaknesses will go away. Some don't go away so easily. We just have to face up to it be courageous, live with it sometimes, manage its consequence, but focus on this. Out of your weakness, step up to serve the Lord and strengthen your brothers and sisters. God never wants our gifts to be left by the side because of failures and regrets. God wants to shape the way you see your limitations and weaknesses. You see, through time immemorial, God has called people to be with Him to journey with Him, to see His hand at His work, and to be shaped by God, to shape how they think about life, how they think about God, how they see themselves. God wants to shape you 
and me today. You know, when we get married, all of us have a dream home. I remember when I got married, my dream home was all glass panels, one, you know. Uh, got sunroof uh, in the home, you know. Uh, 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 koi pond, you know, pebbled uh, stones, Maranti balcony. Then, okay, okay, back to reality, a HGB three-room flat. My dream home was far, far away. But if I ever had a chance, I would love to build my dream home. Friends, God has a dream home. His dream home is you. God's dream home is a fully discipled person in you. He wants to forge your mind. He wants to shape your perspective. He wants to build your character into what He meant for you to be. Help me do something. Turn to someone next to you and say to them, God's dream home is you. Will you do that? Brothers and sisters, you are not yet at your best. You are not yet at your best. God wants to forge you. He wants to shape you. Who is this me that God intended me to be? What have I discovered about this disciple me, this redeemed me, this person who is beautiful in God's eyes, impactful, glorious? We discover more about this me when we study God's word regularly and allow God's word to shape the way we think and see things around us. We discover this me when we begin to step out in faith to obey God amidst our challenges. Friends, some of us, we are facing challenges today. But if these circumstances have only stressed you and led you to pray, God, help me, help me, remove this, take this away. Now, those are not bad prayers, but if that's all we've been praying, then it has not yet shaped us. We have not been allowing the perspective of God's Word to shape the way we see the challenge, the, the way we see ourselves, the way we see God. If we don't let that happen, we have not yet allowed God to forge you and me. You following me? And that's why it's so important. Is a change of perspective about your situation today, the missing hyphen that will make a difference in your situation. Okay, I'm going to pause here. Pause here a moment. Let me tell you a joke, okay? Tell you a joke, okay? All right, yeah. Try to relax, uh, relax, okay? It's just a joke, uh, okay? All right. How many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? How many? Uh? Come, just call out, answer what you think. Come, interactive, please, interactive. How many? One, okay, there's one. Any others? Again? Any other? Don't know, some don't know. Don't know. That's not part of the joke. Anyone else? Anyone else? <laughs> okay, okay. All right, well, let's start discussion already. All right. Uh, the answer is one. Only one, but he must want to change. Uh, do you all get that? Okay, then. If you don't get that, after you go out, you just ask, Pastor, that joke just now, what was it about? Is this something silly? I'm going to ask, okay? Now, my point is this. Only one, but he must want to change. You don't need a lot of resources or people to help you grow and change. Sometimes I say, in order for me to grow in the Lord and change, I need the great teacher to teach me. I need a great preacher to preach to me, you know? If only if the pastor come and pray for me, only if the LCC leaders come and visit me, minister to me, then I will grow and change. Now, don't get me wrong, all these are very good things, okay? But in a fundamental way, the truth is you don't necessarily need all these things. The Bible says you only need the Holy Spirit to teach you, to grow in the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit that takes what people say and do in the words to convict and confront your heart. The Holy Spirit takes that word and instructs us. And in that regard, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the best teacher and trainer because He's always there for you. But even the Holy Spirit is not enough. 
Because for impact and growth in your life, besides the Holy Spirit, it needs one more thing. You. You must be available. You must want to change. You following me? This season, will you say to God, God, I want to grow. I want to change to be more like you. I want my perspectives, my character to change in the situations that I face. That I will be able to see with your eyes, feel with your heart, and grow in you. Lord, I want to. Turn to someone next to you and say to them for me, please say yes to God. Oh, please say yes to God. Okay, a third aspect of the call of God is a call to fulfill God-given tasks. It's a call to fulfill God-given tasks. Mark chapter 3, verse 14, if you look with me there in your Bibles, right in the middle, it says that Jesus might send them out. You know, in the police academy on graduation day, the commissioner says to the new policemen who are about to receive their badges, he says, when you go out, when you put on your uniform and your badge, you put on responsibility. You take on authority. When you raise your hand, the car will stop. When you call a civilian, they will come to you. When you pull out your gun, you have the power to maim or to kill. And such authority is not invested lightly. It must be used wisely. Even in Singapore, we read of newspapers that because of the terrorism, new acts have come into play that and give uh, the police extraordinary powers, extra powers under situations to do things that they, they normally can't even do. This is authority that is given. When Jesus sent them out, this word sent uh, in the Greek uh, is not uh, the kind of send uh, that go to the store and buy things. You know, hey, Pastor Philip preached so long, I think I better call my son, tapao dinner for me. I send him out to go and buy. Uh, I want copy, siuta, I can or not. It's, it's not that kind of send, okay? This, this word in Greek denotes power and authority. It's the kind of sending like the police commissioner charges the new policeman, you know, and sends them out with responsibility, power and authority. And Jesus says this again at the end of his time with this uh, 12 men and others. Put this on screen, Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 8. You'll see on screen? Let's read this out loud together, okay? One, two, three. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Friends, God has given us a mission to fulfill, and he's not going to leave us alone. He will give you power, Amen. The Holy Spirit comes to empower and fulfill Jesus' sending. What do you feel is God's purpose in your life this season? Is it to share the gospel with someone you love? Is it to bless your family so that they will grow more in the Lord? Is it to do something that will bless a colleague that is near to you? You know, a friend, uh, someone I know, a man in his 30s, shared how because he grew up without a father figure, that as he grew in the Lord, God put on his heart to contribute to build orphanages for poor children in developing countries. A lawyer in her 40s, when she received Christ, felt God put on her heart to start a Bible study in her office for young Christians to grow. Some of us today, we, have, we feel God put on our heart that we really want to build a great marriage. How many of you know that a great marriage doesn't just happen automatically? Right? You know, we've got to work at it. We have to grow towards it. We've got to build disciplines and the power of the Holy Spirit is there to help you. I believe God has put in all of us a task that He burdens us to fulfill. Some of us for a period, some of us for a season, 
And some of us, our task is for the rest of our lives. The Bible tells us these words. Put Ephesians 10 on screen for us. Can we put it there? You'll see on screen. Let's read this out loud together too. One, two, three. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do God's work, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Will you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, to empower you for a sense of what He's calling you towards in this new year? I want to encourage us, don't ever doubt that God has a call for us to fulfill uh, things on this earth. Have you been doing the things that the Holy Spirit has put on your heart? One day when you stand before God, will you be able to say, God, the, the things you put on my heart that I felt were from you, I have done them. I've been faithful. Friends, it is possible to fail in your task. God's task given to us is not a sure thing, you know. It's possible to be derailed, distracted, or discouraged from your God-given task. Of these 12 men we read in the Bible, they were called, they were given the task, but there was one, Judas Iscariot, who failed. So don't fail in God's call for you. This year in 2024, we're going towards Chinese New Year, the year of the dragon, but for most of us, it's still really the start of a fresh year. Why not make a resolution that I'm going to discover some things that God has put on my heart some things in my family, some things in my work, some things in my ministry or in my personal life. And I will fulfill these things. When you show me what these things are, I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to be derailed. I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm going to put them and lock them in somehow. I'm going to be faithful to them in this year. That will be a good resolution. Amen. And I want to encourage you towards that. Twelve men. Simon Peter preached. Thousands were saved in Jerusalem. He was called a pillar of the church. The mere casting of his shadow upon the sick was capable of bringing about miraculous healing. God used him to open doors for non-Jews, for the most part, most of us here, people like you and me, to enter into the Christian church. John, brother of James, rose to a position of influence in Christendom all over the known world. He moved to Ephesus where he became a pastor overseeing the seven churches of Revelations, but in a bid to remove his influence from the people, he was exiled to the island of Patmos. But while he was there, God used him to write the book of Revelations, thereby increasing, not decreasing his influence. Philip went to Asia Minor. He labored in what is modern-day Turkey, and there's a belief that he also ministered to the Gauls in France. Bartholomew was said to be uh, a person, a personality who was cheerful. He knew many languages. He went through Asia Minor, eastward towards India, and then to greater Armenia. Matthew was a gifted writer, perhaps the best educated of any of the first 12 apostles. He wrote the Gospel of Matthew. He went forth on several missionary journeys. We know that. It was certain that he went to Persia as far as Ethiopia in Africa. Thomas, the one we read of in the Bible, he is known to have planted the first church in Babylon. He went on to Persia and from there to India and preached the gospel, making many converts. The Matoma church in India claims descendancy from Thomas. And this doubting Thomas that we read of in the Bible became a fearless evangelist, a great builder of churches. James, son of Alphaeus, is said to have planted the seeds of Syrian Christianity. James is believed to be the first bishop of the Syrian church. Thaddeus was one of the first apostles to leave Jerusalem for a foreign country. In fact, he is believed to be one of the first apostles to have witnessed directly to a foreign king, a Gentile. 
With, together with Simon the Zealot, he went preaching together in Syria as far as Persia. Andrew, Peter's brother, is noted for having introduced Jesus to individuals. While his brother Peter became a fisherman of the masses, Andrew was often the fisherman of very key individuals. And it's believed that Andrew went to the foothills of present-day Georgia in Russia. And while he was there, he preached to the Scythians as far as the Caspian Sea. James, son of Zebedee. In the Bible, he was the first apostle to be executed for his leadership and faith. It is said that he had preached the gospel to Jews and slaves in Spain. And when James returned to Jerusalem, he was arrested. When led out to be executed for Christ, it is said that a man who had brought false accusations against him walked with him and expected to see fear in James, but instead saw James bright and joyous like a conqueror who had won a great battle. And the man was so convicted by this that he himself became a believer for Christ. I want to invite worship team to come up, take positions. Now these names, names are dear to us. These names are dear to Jesus. Some of these names were given nicknames, you know. Simon, Peter the Rock, James and John, sons with the temper like thunder. They captured an identity. They are like family nicknames dear to Jesus. And names in the Bible are always precious. Verse 16 of our text today says, These are the twelve men he appointed. Simon, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the Zealot. These men were not the kind you would think would change the world. There was nothing special nor spectacular about them. But here their names are precious to God. Names remembered forever because they fellowshiped with Christ. They were forged by Christ. They fulfilled the tasks set by Christ. And friends, I want to say to you today, God calls you because you are precious too. He wants you to follow Him as they did. He calls you by name and your name will be written in heaven. The Apostle Andrew, in a bid to fulfill Christ's task for him, went as far as Greece and there in the church of St. Andrew in Patros, there is a book written in Greek in which Andrew's last words were recorded. Accept me, O Christ Jesus, whom I saw, whom I love, in whom I am. Accept me into your eternal realm. Accept me, O Christ Jesus, whom I saw, whom I love, in whom I am. Accept me into your eternal realm. Friends, would you say to Jesus Christ, I love you, I am found only in you. I want to walk with you all the days of my life. I want to do your work assigned to me. Jesus called to him those he wanted and they came. Will you come to Christ? Will you take this call? Come, let's put our things down. Let's stand to our feet. And I just want to invite us to take a few moments before we sing the song that the worship team will lead us to sing to respond to the Lord in what He may be saying to you. What is God saying to you today? Friends, God calls you because He loves you. He wants to walk with you through the good and the bad. And there is one thing that He has promised is that He will always be with you. And some of us, whatever you are going through right now in the ups 
and in the downs, know that Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is the lover of your soul, the lover of your heart. And some of you, God is speaking to you as you move into this new year about spending more time with Him, regular time. Would you make the commitment to plan it, to put it into your calendar, to put it into your time, uh, the calendar that is the tool that you use so you don't lose precious time. Whenever God makes a date with you, you will not miss it. Some of you, you're going through a difficult time and you look at the situation and you're praying, God, would you take it away? Would you just remove it? Would you give me the breakthrough that I would just be free of this? But God is not talking to you about it that way. Rather, God may be saying to you, I want to use this to shape you, to forge you. The very circumstance you are so fearful of, I will use it to make in you a man of God, a woman of God. Will you surrender your situation? Will you tell God, God, then if that's the case, what do I need to change? What must you change in my mindset, my perspective, how I see the situation? Would you ask the Lord to do that? Some of us, God is speaking to you about tasks that He's been calling you and talking to you about. And have you been putting it off? You've been saying, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I've got so many things, this is not the time. But friends, when God speaks to you and says you are ready, then you are ready. When God speaks to you and calls you, then it is time. And at some point, it's just time to say the bottom line is about obedience. If God is saying to you, it just comes to a point where you say, God, there's no other way, right? It's just whether I will cross that line of obedience or what I've heard from you. Lord, give me grace that I will obey. I want to pray for us today. If you are responding in these three ways, you're saying, Pastor, I need to lock into my life regular fellowship so that I can hear God's voice in my family, my work, my life. Pastor, I need that, that grace and discipline of the Lord. Would you pray for me? Or, or you're saying, Pastor, you know, I, I just feel so uh, 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 challenged by a situation, but I need the grace of God. Rather than wanting it to go away, that I will say, God, what are you saying to me? What, what do I have to grow in? I need so much the grace of God to go through this difficult time, to let God shape my heart and my life. Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to pray for you. And some of you might be saying, God may be speaking to me about something I have to do and I've been putting it off. But if indeed it is the time, then it's about obeying the Lord. God, Pastor, would you pray for me Give that I will have grace of God, the courage to step out in faith. And I want to pray for you. I want to invite us right now where all heads are, are, are bowed and all eyes are closed just for a moment. If, you are, if these are the three things on your heart, one or more of these things, if God is speaking to you and saying, Pastor, I need an unction and anointing from the Lord to do these things. Pastor, would you pray for me? I just want to invite you to lift up your hands right now. Would you just hold your hand up high to heaven? And I want to, I want to pray for you. Just hold it up high. Don't be ashamed of it. It's an empty hand stretching out to God to saying, God, my hands are empty. I surrender. I need to receive from you what you want to give to me. And for some of us, it is difficult, it is painful, but you come before the throne of God and you say, God, you help me with your grace to do this. And I want to pray for you. Father, I want to pray for these, my brothers and sisters whose hands are lifted up. Pray for your anointing come on them. Let your Holy Spirit come on them right now as the hands are stretched out to you. 
I want to pray for a very special grace that as they go into this new year, the anointing of the Holy Spirit will be upon them. Lord, I want to pray for those that you're speaking to to spend more time with you, that Lord, you would burn it into their hearts that it would become that priority. They would lock it into the calendars or whatever it takes. They would write it in the walls. They would tattoo it into their arms, whatever it is, Lord, to say, God, this is a priority for me. For those of us, Lord, I want to pray that special grace that they're going through a difficult time and they wish these things would go away. I know it's so painful sometimes, but the deep grace where the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you in your weakness. You will see my purpose made perfect in your life. You thought it was a mistake, but I am the Lord your God. I intended for you to grow through this. My hand is upon you. Lord, let your anointing come upon these, my brothers and sisters, who need that special grace. Shape their hearts, shape their minds, that they will see your hand at work. And Lord, I pray for those that you're speaking to them to take a step of faith to do something. Lord, now is the time. I pray that they will sense your urgency, your providence, your love for them. And Lord, they will take that courage. They will take a step of faith. Lord, strengthen their hearts. Give them courage. Give them confirmations and signs. But Lord, help them to stand and step out in where you call them. Father, let your anointing come. And I know as this happens, we will be people found by you to live by the call of Jesus Christ in our lives. Let your anointing come upon these, my brothers and sisters. We receive this from you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.